Welcome to this week's edition of your weekly Africa Climate Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Mbogwa. For the last several weeks, we've been talking about mental health and climate change-related disasters such as landslides, flooding, and drought. Now, one thing that has come up is a big hindrance to how communities interpret, access, and seek mental health is culture. Now, culture is related to mental health and substance use abuse on several different levels. So today, I invited Jen Getau, a social scientist, to talk about culture and how it impacts our mental health. But before I invite Jen, just a reminder that this episode is part of the ongoing mental health and climate impact series. Now, the Mental Health and Climate Impact Series has been made possible by a grant from the International Women's Media Foundation's Howard G. Buffet Fund for Women Journalists. Now, Jin, um, in Kenya we have seen there's a huge mental health uh, burden. And I think just a background, maybe because we start from last year where we saw the task force on mental health recommend to the government to declare mental health an emergency in Kenya. Yes. You remember in the report, the task force found that, that one in every two Kenyans suffer from a mental health yes. condition. Yes. The reason why I have you today on board as a social scientist, I wanted us to discuss about culture and understand how does culture contribute? To, is it is it contributing to this huge burden of health, um, uh, health burden? And, and just not only in Kenya, but probably if we go um, across Sub-Saharan Africa and just understand to what extent is culture hindering or access or treatment, or is it contributing? But I think before we actually get into the nitty gritty, into the depth of it, I just wanted us to start just an introduction, understanding what is culture. Basically, when you're talking about culture, what are we talking about here? Yeah. First of all, what we can talk about culture, it is a lifeblood of uh, a vibrant society mm-hmm. because it gives us a channel to express ourselves in mm-hmm. form of stories, celebrations, entertainment, mm-hmm. maybe a shared uh, past and a future. Mm-hmm. So uh, with through culture, we are able to derive our norms and practices. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Culture being norms and practices, then it goes ahead then to define what is acceptable or what is understood within that the particular culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, people who have shared culture then become one common society. Eh? Mm-hmm. So in the event that uh, then there is deviation from the defined uh, norms and uh, values and uh, practices, mm-hmm then anyone who is uh, in deviance then is seen to be out of, uh, you, you know, out of the set standards. Mm-hmm. And uh, because being out is uh, actually expressed in form of behavior, mm-hmm. then you see that person behaving uniquely or actually using the, the, the common terminology is that that person is behaving abnormally. Mm-hmm. Because the definition of that behavior is in the context of that particular culture and the society mm. that is prescribing to that culture. Mm. Uh, I, I hope that is now giving us a set eh, or yes. some starting point. Eh? Yes, absolutely. Uh, with that understanding, then how does it yes. marry up with mental health? Let's uh, also uh, delve deeper and say mm-hmm. that uh, culture enables us to develop a sense of belonging. Belonging, yes. Yes. 
So the minute that there is a deviance in that uh, from that culture, mm-hmm. from the individual that is uh, maybe deviating, mm-hmm. in the first place you see they are losing the sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. One element of psychological well-being is that feeling of a, a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. So, so now when we come to thinking about mental health. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, also mental health is defined in a number of perspectives. Mm-hmm. First of all, it is defined uh, at the context of the cultural norms. Mm-hmm. So we are still going back to that, to culture. Mm-hmm. So so it is defined in terms of how unusual the behavior is from the norms mm-hmm. of that culture. That culture. Mm-hmm. So we start from that point. Mm-hmm. If you find somebody who is behaving differently from the norms of that culture, mm-hmm. we start the first point of definition of mm-hmm. an abnormality, mm-hmm. yeah? Mm-hmm. Which, again, uh, we also look at how you show is that behavior. Mm-hmm. Because, you, you know, we are operating within a standard scope mm-hmm. of that culture. Yeah, of that culture, So yes. if that behavior comes, then it is unusual. How unusual is that? So that is also a criteria of defining abnormality. Okay. Then uh, we also talk about uh, abnormal behavior uh, in the scope of now mental illness. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So now, now you are start, we are starting to to com- to to get to connect. Eh? Mm. This uh, you are behaving abnormally. That is out of the context of our culture. Mm-hmm. So then there are chances that then that this is a mental, a mental illness. A, a mental illness. Mm-hmm. But before we conclude that, mm-hmm. uh, for, for me, and especially when I'm uh, also talking like a psychological counselor, mm-hmm. it, it is good to eliminate a few aspects. Okay. Uh, this is uh, like a process of uh, now assessing this person who is uh, uh, behaving abnormally. Uh-huh. Where are they coming from? Okay. What is the background? Uh, and now this becomes like uh, an environmental assessment uh-huh. of the sociological factors. And then lastly, if uh, one is not able to attach or to be able to connect with what is happening, uh-huh. it's now when we use the biological factors. Uh-huh which could now be a vulnerability that is triggering that abnormal behavior. And, and sometimes, depending on the culture that we are coming from, remember culture also has a, a, a relationship also even to the religious uh, you know, connection, eh? mm. or which religious beliefs that we uphold, we uphold to. Eh? Yeah. So depending on how we interpret that abnormal behavior, Mm-hmm. At the times, uh, maybe our culture may, may, may make us interpret like uh, this abnormal behavior probably is uh, running within the family mm-hmm. because we the, our belief system is that uh, this family might have been cast, yeah, mm-hmm. higher. Then may, probably we also go to the religious beliefs, probably we say this, this is a problem in the family. Uh, how are we going to deal with it? It is maybe we want to deal with it from the point of prayers mm-hmm. and uh, our different interpretations also now uh, guide us on how we look for help or what we do next after mm-hmm. identifying that abnormal behavior yeah Be- because if i am thinking then this is a curse uh, most likely the next approach will be mm-hmm. i'll look for help through maybe our traditional healers mm-hmm. or even at the extremists 
now consulting witchcraft. Mm. Can you see how we are connecting? We are building on culture and even how now we look for, for help for this abnormal behavior that have been identified. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yes, let's look at it from a point of somebody now whose their, their belief system now is in their faith, in mm-hmm. their religion. Mm-hmm. So in the where we have identified abnormal behavior within the family, uh, now you look for help through the, the church, through mm-hmm. your faith, through prayer, through maybe even doing dedication, presenting that member for, you know, you, you know, prayers by the, you, you know, by, by the, the leaders of the church, mm. the Christians, and, and the like. Yeah, that is the reason why probably for the longest time, part of when we were growing up, mental health yes. was not seen as a disease in most cases. You're seen as a child who do not want probably to work, or you're seeing a child who has a problem, so a pastor would pray for you, or that is, so you, depending on what the family believes in, you will yes. seek help depending on what you believe the problem is. Yes. Uh, now, for for those uh, families who are now they have advanced and they have come to appreciate the issue of mental health, mm-hmm. now they will interpret it as a you know an illness like any other, mm. and now seek help now through the professional route. Okay. Can you now be able to see how these things come into interplay? Mm. Different interpretations they are calling for different responses yeah. and seeking for for help. Yes. Remember, especially where now we are looking at it from a family perspective, maybe it is a curse, it is running through the family. Mm. There is the chance of uh, looking at it in terms of uh, a stigma. Mm. This is a shame to the family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that actually we leave even here looking for, you, you know, the, yeah. or the professional therapy process. Mm-hmm. I am imagining maybe even that person may get isolated within the family. The family is feeling very embarrassed. Mm. They cannot be able to come up and seek for them. Yeah. For the For proper treatment. help. Yes, exactly. For the proper treatment. Mm. If we are also looking at it from the religious point of view, depending on how, you know, there are times people do not draw boundaries between thinking the, you know, the traditional beliefs and the, the, the church. Mm. If prayer, prayers again do not work, there are chances that somebody will again relapse to start thinking about it now in the you know in the traditional way of uh, thinking sasa this is this is a curse mm. and uh, you see now where they, they will relapse into mm, yes, exactly by the way it even go, can get to an extreme where actually one is uh, invalidates their faith mm-hmm. if god you exist then this this is something that you would have cured mm. if uh, uh, the, the, if this I'm not getting healed from this church or wherever I prescribed, I go to the next. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And, and speaking of that, it, it just brought back memories of when I was growing up because uh, we had a neighbor's child, and I remember she used to be chained into a tree, and mm-hmm. for the longest time, um, the father he used to work in town. And then the mother was the one who was left with all the children. And so this yes. lady had to go work and, and Mary would be changed to a tree, I remember. And for the longest time, I grew up thinking, oh, she was violent. That is all what all of us knew. And for the longest time, she was actually hidden. In few cases, you'd actually find her outside the tree, chained there. And at that yes. time, 
the mother would be probably around somewhere in the shamba and all that. Or when she comes back from when she had gone to seek Ibarua and stuff, that's when you find Mary was actually chained on the tree. But I'm just, with that yeah. uh, thinking is just, you know, gender roles within our societies because you find that women are the one who are left at home to take care of the mm-hmm. children. Women, leave, I mean, men leave for the yes. cities. He will work until come back maybe every weekend or maybe come at the end of the month. But you see, the woman has to take care of all the other children. Food has to be provided, right? And the other yes, thing yes. also that you, you, you'd appreciate in most of African culture is that even when a child is seen as upright, and I use that in quotes, is actually kind of yes. makes the, the father proud. But when there's a weaker child yes. in the family, she yes. becomes or he becomes the mother's burden. And if, out of the mother, yes. Yes, and even if we go to the back to the good book, you know, looking into the Bible, I think I think there's somewhere somewhere in the Psalms that talks about a wise son bringing joy to his father, you know, and mm-hmm. a foolish mm-hmm. son bringing mm-hmm. grief to the mother. So the yes. gender roles that we you know we have uh, within our societies, because you understand, she doesn't. She has. There's a lot to be done. There's a lot of responsibility. Yeah this woman she has to yes. provide for the other yes. children but there's only one yes. year that i can't carry everywhere i go yes yes does our gender role also impact access and also our interpretation of mental because i've done everything i've prayed for her i've taken her to the past i've taken her uh, to a traditional healer she's not getting well and everything so this is just a custom family but then i don't have the time you know and it's your responsibility mm. as a woman how is gender roles mm contributing to all mental health issues. Okay, let me take you back just slightly in terms of we have focused on defining culture in the sociological perspective. But culture is also very complex because it is also influenced by a range of issues. One of them, the one that we are talking about, the gender, the class, religion, language, and nationality. So when all these uh, factors I- interact, they, 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 they play a role in terms of even uh, understanding, managing the mental health. M- mental health. Mm-hmm. So you, you can see like now the, the issue of why you are talking about gender. Mm. Without doing any judgment to that family that you are talking about, eh? you, you, you realize by circumstance because of maybe the economic element where economics and class really are interrelated. Eh? Yeah. Because here we are talking about power, where do you position yourself in terms of resources? Sure. And now in terms of that position, you can see now the father now has to go for mm. resources sure. and the, 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 the income as the, the how the head of the household. Mm. And then the the, the, the the lady or the, the mother is left taking care of the children. Mm. You, you see now that that is a class setup. Yeah. And given that there is also quite a lot that is required of uh, now the, the the female gender and the roles that she has to undertake, mm-hmm. it, it, it now becomes, uh, you, you know, uh, very much inevitable that now this, this child, the best thing that was for her to do was just to, to contain. Mm. Yes, because remember also when we are talking about mental health, we also measure it in terms of the danger. Mm. To yeah, the self, yeah, to the, the, the self. person who is suffering, and to the society. Sure. Yes. And more so, uh, some things we, we may also need to try and uh, assess. 
like and I'm very passionate about parenting styles because I know also that has an has a bearing on the kind of the child, how they grow and develop. Eh? Mm. Uh, at the point of uh, especially early childhood, if there is an imbalance of uh, criticism versus appraisal, mm-hmm. when a child lives in such an environment where there is an imbalance, they cannot tell how to behave because of the extremity of that. Mm-hmm. Actually, that now starts developing some response in the child, yeah. which at the end of the day, when they are growing up, also develops kind of a personality disorder, mm. which is now also uh, described in the when we are talking about mental health. Yeah. Okay. Yes. The, the most common dis- disorder that really emerges from that kind of an environment of the parenting mm-hmm. is uh, what we then then the normally common disorder the narcissistic personality disorder NPD. Mm. And uh, it, it 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 is really uh, becomes a very stressful encounter because it also affects the socialization and the future interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. So you, you see now you may not even know whether when somebody gets those the disorders later on in life you may not be able to tell whether that that also came from the kind of a background they came from. Mm. Yes. Okay. Extreme poverty <clears throat> is also something else that uh, leads to that psychological disturbance. Mm-hmm. And depending again on uh, you remember we said that we also do the. the the biological assessment of where we look at the vulnerability. Uh-huh. The, the way we are wired or the kind of uh, uh, genes that we, we actually have uh, have acquired, uh-huh. some are strong to be able to overcome persevere yeah. such extremities in life. Uh-huh. Others are very vulnerable so that in the same circumstance, in the same environment, you'll find two different outcomes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. And at the, at the end of the uh, of the day, the, the in terms of uh, the mental illness, if somebody get, gets an advanced experience, that person with the same uh, household will, will have that experience of a mental illness. Mm. Yes. And, and speaking of, of, of access issues, when you look at uh, the World Health Organization, um, it estimates mm-hmm. that um, there is actually a growing number of people with mental illness who do not actually receive mental health care and treatment. And, and so they've actually estimated that there's a, um, there's a treatment gap for the low and, and, and middle income countries, and which is actually is as high as 85%. And if you look at the Kenya Health Workforce Report, it says that Kenya has only about 71 psychiatrists that are serving a population of about nearly 50 million people. And a majority of these are in private practices, you know? Yes, and, yes. So when you look at the, the mental health task force, you find that they said that the 75% of Kenyans cannot access mental health care. So I want us to go back and look into now that whole conversation that we've actually had in terms of our culture and, and look yes. at this. This is, we probably growing up interpreting mental, uh, mental health from a, a probably a traditional perspective or probably from a spiritual uh, perspective. Could it also be contributing towards the low number of people who actually medical practitioners who want to take up that particular field? Because if I grew up thinking hmm, mental illness is kind of has a caste kind of connotation or has a kind of witchcraft kind of connotation, then the chance probably is that if I want to go to a medical school, I will not take up uh, mental health 
as, as a set whereby mm-hmm. I would want to practice because why would I want to deal with mad people? By the way, you are very, very correct. Actually, you are adding statement of dealing with mad people. I think I was reading some research and uh, why there is that low uptake. Mm-hmm. Because there is even the general, you, you know, the, the way you have that connotation or attitude, like even for you to deal with the mad people, you you must be one of them. Eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So already we have started labeling. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Then uh, let's also look at uh, in terms of uh, where we are as a developing economy. Remember, we have mm-hmm. not embraced mm-hmm. the issue of mental health. Yes. And uh, e- even the, the, the level of uh, where before we even get to the psychiatric level, mm-hmm. you start at the point of uh, maybe psychological counseling. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which uh, will deal with uh, this uh, uh, assessment of this, uh, the psychological factor, social factor, environment. Mm-hmm. Before now, then now, if uh, we, you are not getting a solution to this, then you now go deeper to the biological. Mm-hmm. And that is where a lot of now psychiatry really comes in. Okay. You realize that it is easier for one to to even prescribe for medication, yeah. which is even above five five thousand. Uh-huh. That rather than even visit a therapist and have a session and have a discussion of the issues going around uh-huh. one's life. Uh-huh. So from the onset, we, we I, I think as a society we have not come to appreciate that that very level of starting to to do a self assessment to know what is happening around our life, uh-huh. because believe me, uh, uh, things affect us in a small way gradually. Uh-huh. A stressor, something that stresses you, if you are not able to resolve that stress, you have now started building to trigger some uh, some now physical health issues. Okay. In fact, research has shown that stress causes 95, 98% of all the illnesses. Mm. So can you imagine if we are able as a society, first of all, to embrace and be able to identify what is stressing us first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the time that stress builds maybe to ulcers, mm-hmm. we have already identified where we are. Yeah. And then now we can be able to seek that. And that means then we have removed ourselves from thinking about the tradition, thinking about the cast, but we are we are really in touch with what we are experiencing. Uh-huh. We are doing a self-awareness. What is this that has happened in my life? Uh-huh. Yeah? Yeah. What event is going on with me at every stage of my development? Because every stage also has the, the tasks or maybe the duties, the roles that one is supposed to be playing, if you are not able to achieve them, it becomes a stressor. Uh-huh. And uh, you, you, you realize like maybe like uh, the, the, the teenage is one of the stages that is feared most. Eh? Yeah. Because if a, 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 a teenage person is not able to navigate that stage and now translate from now move to adulthood, uh-huh. That, that becomes a stressor, it brings some challenges, which at the extreme can actually now get to this side of a disorder or a mental-related issue, a psychological disturbance. Uh. So I, I think we have a gap in terms of thinking from the extremes and thinking that uh, psychological disturbance means now I'm on the extreme, now I have gone, you, you know, I've become mentally sick, I'm crazy. I think we, we need to demystify culture, 
make it easy to understand that uh, these uh, these disturbances are no more they are part of the life um, life you know life human development uh-huh. what just brings the difference is how we respond to those uh, you, you know those uh, psychological issues and if you are able to seek help in between before the the issue gets to the extreme uh-huh. then we'll be able to manage the issue of mental health Yeah. Because the, the challenge is that by the time we are seeking help, uh-huh. we have now gone to the extreme uh-huh. of that continuum. Uh-huh. We are now at the point of even having now, we have to be free on medication. It is almost like a point of no return. Uh-huh. But yeah. that thing started a long time. It might have even been observed in form of some behavior, what we are seeing, the abnormal uh-huh. behavior. Uh-huh. And I think also in terms of if we look into it from now with probably different perspective that is we'll also have um an increased number of health practitioners who are actually practicing it because then again the also challenge is that particular one you will find someone who's going to the hospital because they're basically stressed up or something and then they have um you you've accumulated stress and then that is actually leading to other physical illnesses or probably headaches or something but now you will find a medical practitioner who will actually give you medication instead of you know first trying to analyze you to understand uh, mentally what is actually happening to you but because they do not have this particular knowledge uh, yes. that you do not necessarily have to rush giving prescribing medication on everything a patient comes um, or every patient that comes to the hospital because i think also it's exactly both ways if if the society kind of have to understand that i can basically go to the um uh, to the hospital because there's someone who would be there headaches that are not ending but we'll go to the hospital mm-hmm. but then find mm-hmm. a medical practitioner here who just yes. uh prescribes medications from everything because if you have knowledgeable medical practitioners I'm thinking yes. also the society would because then would have that because there is that belief that ukienda when you go to the hospital you must come back home with a whole tart of medication a bag prescription and yes. the more the more you have the more attention you are given eh? the more exactly. the, uh, the, the the practitioner understood your issue yes you see so we actually yes. I think it's a wholesome issue that probably has to be addressed you know from the society yeah. knowledge both from the society and also from the medical practitioners yes and 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 still are the medical practitioner and and, and and traditions i'm actually thinking i was reading some research actually that was done um here in kenya and there was a whole issue of traditional healing practices and because when yes. you're talking yes. about culture and one of the things is that even um i remember these i think it was the fourth and the fifth episode of this particular mental health series I had a conversation mm-hmm. Elias and Leonard they're both mental health practitioners from the Kilifi County and and there's yes. a lot of uh, a huge number of people who are going to the traditional healers and one of the mm-hmm. things I was wondering is that we as Africans not yes. every traditional aspect is actually negative that's that's my perspective how can we marry the culture our African culture our African knowledge and the traditional healing practices that we have to address the mental health gaps that we have mm-hmm. even when we are doing this uh, now let's call it the formal counseling and all that eh? mm-hmm. one of the aspects that one has to be aware of even when you have a, a, a client is their culture where are they coming from because you you see we we said culture also has a set of beliefs mm-hmm. so by the time this person is coming in you need to have an idea where are they coming from 
what is their belief system mm. what is a belief system that can be reinforced to help this person have a, a positive or a healing experience mm. so all in all even when we are saying that we embrace or we marry them it is already married in now the formal the, the counseling space mm. because you you cannot block the person from uh, understanding where they are coming from their background yeah. the background mm. yeah yeah yes and probably what was lacking now the traditional healers is that knowledge theirs is a trial and error mm-hmm. if it works well and good if it doesn't work it, it will depend on uh, you know the, the now the client's way of dealing with their belief system uh-huh. but also let's also remember if this uh, the issue the 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 challenge the, the person is having also has a biological background uh-huh. at the end of the day even if all this is done we will still have to seek for medication. Yeah. And at times this treatment uh, is what, what we call it's integrated. You you have to use medication, you have to use psychotherapy and and and, and the like. Eh? Mm. Yes. So, so if you leave it just at the stage of the traditional era without the equipment, the being equipped in also this psychology space, then these clients, some will get healed, others will not because there's a referral system when you find if counseling is really not working and you have done the assessment then you refer that client now to a physical medical provider mm. yes which also could also now include the psychiatry yeah yeah i was wondering whether there is a way where both of them can actually work together the traditional healers and and uh, the psychiatrist in tandem you, you you see now unless then uh, there is um, what do we call accreditation or recognition mm. because remember the the traditional here they are working in their own space which has not come to, to be accredited mm-hmm. why do people get accredited it's so that their practice or whatever they are offering their services are recognized mm. you, you you see the root of the traditional here it is not something that is in the open and we can talk about it that openly mm-hmm. yes but you see, now, then that can that, i think there's a problem there because then again yes. we have is it mm. does it mean that we do not acknowledge our own traditional way of life and that's the reason why people go to traditional healers in a kind of a night and that's why it's given a negative connotation that is why if if someone is had that they went to a traditional healer alienda kwa mrogi went to a witchcraft uh, yes because yes. we we haven't accredited it and then there's the assumption of every traditional healer is a witchcraft or is doing something mm-hmm. but if we accredit yeah. it if we actually saw it as a a beautiful way of doing our own way as african society then we are going mm-hmm. to actually have accreditation whereby if someone is accredited there's a way of assessing this person what they are doing how right is it yes. um, in terms yes. of this punishment and stuff like that there is but if it's not accredited and then the other thing is actually not looked up, uh, up to as something positive then you find that's that's how because there are so many people operating underground everyone operates mm-hmm. as far mm-hmm. they want but if it's accredited yes. and it is given a, some light then you would find people have to come up and do it in an upright way because my thinking is that we as africans have to appreciate where we are coming from and have to actually marry the tra- it's it's basically kind of uh, even in the climate aspect 
um, I find it very interesting, uh, whereby indigenous knowledge and scientific knowledge mm -hmm. has to be married mm -hmm. together for communities yes. to adapt to climate issues. Because when we talk about climate um, issues, <clears throat> when you go to my, when you go to my mother, she might not talk call about call it climate change. You know, she mm. had she has had her way of observing this how the season is going to be. She has had, yes. you know, and over the years it has been mm -hmm. passed down in generation. And you find they have rich knowledge when it comes to traditional knowledge. But then we have gone mm. to school on the other side. We've been told about mm. climate change, we've been told about drought, mm. and we've been told about scientific observation. And then we go to the yes. communities because we are more learned that, than our mothers. We go and tell them, mm -hmm. this is what we're going to do. But you find it yes. creates a crash because we don't go there and tell them, tell us what you have observed, tell us what you know, tell us what you think. This is what we know us, this is what my mother knows. So we marry that knowledge together. And, and, and from there, we come up with common solutions by which this is what the tradition, the, the, the communities know, this is what we as scientists know, and then we find a common mm. ground solution. I, I get your, your point. Uh, I think we shouldn't uh, actually isolate it uh, completely because it was working. Mm -hmm. And I think I have seen debates also for, you, you know, recognition of also traditional medicine. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah. I am sure you have also seen yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you, you see now when we are dealing with the, with the health um, issues agenda, mm -hmm. we, we only maybe have just the, the, the board that recognizes now the, the you know, the professional mm. uh, in, the, in the health sector. Mm. So I, I don't know whether now this becomes an issue of robbing or yeah. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yes, because for, for it to get up to that point, there needs to be strategies to have it recognized. Mm. Yes. At the same time, when it is also recognized, you you know, you also have to put away of uh, that kind of uh, inf uh, whatever accreditation the, that will be done. Mm. And of course, there's also the necessary safeguarding the interest of these clients. Eh? Mm. It's, it's also very important because we, we are not saying that it is everyone who has also been practicing that understands everything. Sure. Each, each of the levels has its own gaps. Mm. All right, Jen. We are actually running yeah. out of time, but I'm so happy that you actually came on board today. Just please, would you uh, give us your final word? Uh, it is good to embrace or to understand that culture also has an interplay in terms of understanding and managing mental health. Uh -huh. And uh, it is important that uh, we try to see how the, the, the issue, this issue of mental health can be understood up to the very, very grassroots level, mm -hmm. at the cultural level, at the core of the families, irrespective of where the, the economic status is. Mm -hmm. If we we, we, we we look forward to achieving that uh, a state of, uh, you know, a good mental state of mm -hmm. uh, the citizens okay. in this country. All right, yeah. Jane, thank you so much for your time. I sincerely appreciate you coming on board. Thank right. you. Thank you. Have a lovely day. You too, bye. That was Jane Getau, a social scientist explaining the relationship between culture and mental health. Remember, this series is part of the ongoing mental health and climate impact series. You can access other episodes and many more by visiting our website www.africaclimateconversations.com 
or through Spotify, Apple, Google, or any other channel you access your podcast. You can also write to us via email through info at africaclimateconversations.com or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also subscribe to receive a weekly newsletter by hitting the subscribe button on our website. We are grateful to the International Women's Media Foundation's Howard G. Buffet Fund for Women Journalists, whose grant has made this series possible. Now, don't forget to join me this Thursday for an exciting series on financing change in Africa. But until then, kwaheri. My name is Sophie Mbogwa. Thank you.